Hey Jade, how would you like some football trivia? Uh, sure. Uh, Saki to me. If if you get this one right, you get six points because it's like a touchdown. Okay, that <laughs> makes sense. Uh, Jay, do do you know which team won the first two Super Bowls? Um, the Cleveland Browns. <laughs> Fuck no, the Cleveland Browns suck. Okay. <laughs> yeah. It it's well forty nine ers. I'll give you 30 more guesses. Okay. I don't, well, let's see how many teams I know. Okay. 49ers. No. Steelers. No. Patriots. No. Falcons? No. <laughs> Fucking Falcons. <laughs> they're, ne- they're never going to win a Super Bowl. Uh, well, at least, I, I, I wasn't sure in my brain if Falcons or Eagles <laughs> was a team, but they sound like a team. They're both teams. Okay. The um, Eagles? At, at, no. What about the band, the Eagles? Um, they probably played a Super Bowl, but uh, uh, um, maybe. I don't know. They're, they're not very, like, energetic bands, so I don't actually know if they the ever played a Super Bowl. Tampa Bay Buccaneers. No. They um, didn't exist. I, okay. Um... Well, probably half these teams didn't exist, but anyway. Uh, the Washington formerly Redskins. No. Whatever they're They're the Commanders now. now. Okay, they actually they, have a name now. They're not the untitled yeah, they, Washington team. They they were the they were the slur for like forty years, and then um, they were the Washington football team for like two or three years, mm. and everybody had a good time uh, riffing on that one. And now uh, they're the Washington Commanders. Let's see, what other is... insulting Native American? Uh, is the Braves a football team? No, they're. Uh, or is that a no? It's a baseball team, the, isn't it? Yeah. Okay. Um, yeah, like, like there, there's a few professional teams that are like the the Braves or the Chiefs or like I, I think Cleveland is still the Indians. Um, <laughs> Which, okay, uh, is it the Indians? Are they, are they the one that won the, the two Super Bowls? No. Um, <laughs> the Cleveland Indians did not win the Super Bowl. Okay. Uh, hmm. Is it a team you that still, still got... exists? Yes. Okay. Um... Jade, have you ever seen Danny Phantom? <laughs> uh, the Nickelodeon cartoon? Yes. Uh, nope, I you know, uh, heard about it, but it was okay. a little after my time of watching Nickelodeon. Yeah, well. Because I'm I am old. like two years younger than you, and I grew up slow. So yeah. <laughs> I watched Danny Phantom a lot. Yeah, no, that was, what, like mid-late 2000s? Something like that. Yeah. I think probably, like, I don't know, 2007, if I had to guess. I don't remember what I was watching on TV around that time because I still would have been watching TV. I think I might have just been watching SpongeBob reruns at that point. Well, yeah, there was like ten years where all they played on uh, 2004, actually. Oh, wow. Huh. Okay. Yeah, I think I was watching more Cartoon Network by then. Yeah, we were watching Duck Dodgers. <laughs> yeah, Duck Dodgers and Justice League and. Uh, 
uh, all that stuff. Uh, commercials for Dragon Ball Z that confused me. Because <laughs> I didn't know that the show was funny yet. Did you rock the dragon? Nope. Nope, I've only seen the Funimation dubs, so I've never heard Rock the Dragon. Oh, you gotta listen to it. Mm. It's like it's one sick guitar riff and a guy just yelling dragon dragon rock the dragon dragon ball z throughout the whole the whole song mm. uh god there's gotta be other football teams that i've seen and i just don't remember them i'll give you a hint um thank north okay uh, the Chicago Bulls. <laughs> I know it's yeah. a basketball team. Michael Michael Jordan won the first two Super Bowls. Yeah, yeah, that that was the plot of Space Jam. <laughs> of course it was. How, how else do you think they they won the first two Super Bowls if not by magic space powers? Mm. Yeah, no, he just used his cartoon physics to make his legs stretch really long and kick the ball <laughs> through the kickstand. <laughs> the kickstand! <laughs> okay, we need to end this because it's been six minutes. Mm. Uh, uh, it, it is the Green Bay Packers. Oh, okay. Yeah, that, that, was, uh, that was a long lead-up to a... Uh, a non-payoff, so... Mm. <laughs> um, welcome to the show, everybody. Yep. Yep. It's, it is football season. Um, yeah. Today is football. Well, tomorrow is football. Yeah. And four days after, and then four days after that, or three days, whatever. Yeah. Sometimes they play the football game while I'm playing Magic, and I don't know what's going on, but also I'm not paying attention. It's just, I don't know, people doing football stuff. Yeah, the Falcons are probably losing, though. That's the important thing. Mm. There's a whole thing there that um, is kind of pathetic if I were to ever explain it. So (laughs) let's just, like, sports robberies are dumb, but they're also really fun Mm. to just, you know, hate on a bunch of people in a consequence-free space. Mm. So, um, yeah. It's like you, you get to indulge like the worst parts of, uh, you know, like human tribalism, mm. except, you know, it's like it's fandom not... wars, but for a different kind of nerd. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Where, like, you can be completely 100% wrong and everybody will just kind of be like, yeah, you're dumb, but I get it. Mm. <laughs> Whereas, um,. I feel like the the same types of uh, the the same types of like arguments on the internet just usually wind up with like racial slurs being tossed around. So mm. it's a lot less fun. Yeah, there's but al- less but of a filter also, between hand and brain than there is yeah. uh, mouth and brain. Yeah, but also sometimes people get stabbed. But nobody plays in Oakland anymore, so it doesn't happen that often. Mm. No, I mean, well, and also, you know, there's the pandemic, but as that's lightening up, there'll probably be more parking lot stabbings as people are allowed to start going back to these games. No, they, they've been 
balls to the wall on stadium attendance for like the past year and a half. So. Oh, okay. So <laughs> yeah, their, their ticket prices are doing <laughs> fine now. Yeah, it's it's like, okay. That the NFL year, was, will survive. Oh yeah, all those uh, poor, those you know, poor billionaire NFL owners. Players, yeah, yeah. They're just all, struggling all those, to sell tickets to their shows. Yeah, fucking Dan Snyder, salt of the earth. Uh, I here's the thing, like there's there's so many like fucked up stories about NFL owners, but I don't want to get into it because they're really depressing, mm. and and they will never see consequences. <laughs> So yeah. I really don't want to. I really don't want to get into it. Uh, so should we get into movies and or shows? Yes, because you've seen let's, a few and I've seen a few. Let's uh, start with the one we both watched. Yep, yep. As teased last week, Harley Quinn season Harley Quinn season three has uh rap- Harley Quinn's Harley Quinn's on Harley Quinn season three has wrapped up. Um. And uh, it's good, you know. It's it, I mean, yeah. it's kind of more of the same. Uh, it's kind of impressive how quickly Gotham rebounds from every horrible thing that happens to it. Uh, yeah. Considering last season was no man's land, and I mean, I guess by the end of it, Gordon had you know fixed that on you know. If I remember right, the end of season two was the like, Gordon was going to get the U.S. government to accept Gotham back in. But part of that was that he had to go catch Harley Quinn. And then the whole wedding thing and the sting operation happened, and Harley and Ivy ran off together, chased by cops. And I guess yeah. shook off the cops, because the cops don't care about finding Harley anymore. Um, you know, and then, uh, yeah, I guess they're they, on their honeymoon they tour. in two weeks. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, everything's fixed. Gotham's biggest problem this season is trying to find out uh, a new mayor, or like elect a new mayor, because the old mayor gets killed. Well, there's a re-election, and then <laughs> Two-Face kills the old mayor. Uh, you, you know, poisons him to uh, I, pave the way for Gordon to become mayor. Only for Gordon you know, I, to I feel, lose to Joker. I feel like at that point it was a mercy killing. Mm. Yeah, no, the old mayor I mean, sucked, he... and Gordon is trying to be mayor, but he's as pathetic as always, and Joker becomes mayor yeah. out of spite because he wants to change the rules at the school so his kid can get in the Spanish program. Yeah, because for those of you who do not remember, he he's married to, um, what, what's her name? Starts with a B, I think. Um mm. It's not important. Yeah, I don't remember. <laughs> I think his he's, he's son's like, is like uh, Benicio or something. That might be what I was thinking of. Yeah, Benicio. Yeah. Um, yeah. He he he's married to just like this suburban single mother that he he married in the last season. Yeah. When he w- did he like hit his head or get dipped in chemicals again and he went straight? Yeah, at the end of season one they threw him back into the chemical vat and then there was like a stinger thing where his hand comes up out of the chemicals but actually he's been cured after the double dipping so he's got amnesia for part of season two and lives this suburban life for a while and then um gets re-jokerfied but decides to stay with her anyway 
Yeah, so now he's crazy and a dad. And a mayor. Because he wins the election. <laughs> Running well, on his you know, socially progressive platform, but also he's still a maniacal criminal. I, I like how he just has people with guns show up everywhere. <laughs> like clowns with guns mm. show up everywhere behind him. Yep. He's like, I'm the mayor and I've got my personal hit squad with me. <laughs> Yeah, he robs a bank and gives the money away to everyone else. Yeah, that that's how that's how socialism works. <laughs> <laughs> this the, the see this is why Bernie Sanders failed. He never robbed the bank. Mm. Yeah, that and then know you know, surprise twist at the end of the season cuz as always we're just going full spoilers and everything. Uh Bruce Wayne gets arrested for tax evasion. Yeah, finally. Which like they they never they never really said like they they never really showed how he evaded his taxes. Yeah, like kind of just came out of nowhere. Yeah, it seems like he's not like willfully um, breaking laws so much as he just because he's rich he doesn't have to pay attention to anything. Like when yeah. Harley's talking to like his kid psyche version, the the kids that what people have to pay for housing. Yeah, it it's like that that really basic um like batman critique like why does why doesn't bruce wayne is like why does bruce wayne have to be batman to make the world better why like why can't he just yeah like help the poor with all give his away money? money yeah yeah and in this Which, version I mean, it's because it, he's completely oblivious to how rough everyone else has it yeah because in this version he's just like elon musk except not less overtly an asshole mm. Uh, we're we're hitting we're hitting all the big topics today. <laughs> NFL owners, fuck you. Yeah. Um, yep. Uh, Elon Musk, fuck you. <laughs> yep. And th- and also, this is all like the side because th- there's multiple plot threads going through Harley season. Yeah. Like, there is, you know, the Joker subplot. He gets like one episode, but otherwise it's subplot. There's, you know, Batman's subplot this season is that he is lonely. And he's dating Catwoman, but she, as usual, doesn't really care about anyone else. Um, so that doesn't really work out. And she breaks it off, and he gets so distraught from that that he ends up using uh, Frank, the um, the um, you know Ivy's Audrey too yeah. from Little Shop of yeah. Horrors. Yeah, Ivy's gay plant friend. Who's modeled after <laughs> Audrey? Um, she voiced by JB Smoove, I believe. Mm, yeah, I think so. Uh, yeah, Ivy uses a serum on Frank as part. She's she's trying to make like a plant Eden uh, thing and be able to like bring dead plants back to life. So she gives that serum to Frank, and Bruce ends up capturing Frank and then discovering he can use that formula to bring. <clears throat> dead people back to life and so because he's too broken up over splitting up a Catwoman, he decides to bring his dead parents back to life um and ends up awakening all the dead bodies in like all of gotham uh so there's a zombie invasion that happens because of bruce doing stupid stuff uh yeah because of a breakup um Although the the breakup's kind of fun because they they bring in Music Meister from Batman Brave and yeah. the Bold to do a musical duet with Catwoman I, about 
I'm pretty sure it's not Neil Patrick Harris this time. Yeah, I mean, different actor, (laughs) but it's that character. Yeah. Yeah, it... I don't like I, I I just I love when they do like little fun things with uh like random DC characters. Mm. Um like I, I really like Swamp Thing. Mm. <laughs> he's yep. He's 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 just like a fucking hippie, just like living alone in the swamp. Yeah. Yeah, cuz the main plot of the season is that Ivy so Harley and Ivy got together at the end of season two they're um on their like honeymoon tour and ivy shows her you know um grand plan of making this like eden for plants and harley is trying to support ivy in any way she can um but i mean as the season goes on like harley's kind of struggling with wanting to be supportive but also not really supporting the idea of wiping out all human life and um, having plants everywhere. And they have to find a compromise by the end. Um, Which... Wait. I I like that they actually brought up that Harley and Ivy are not really that compatible. (laughs) Because they're, they're, they're really not. And they... Like, I like that they brought it up. Um... Yeah... But also, like, they let them kind of work through the differences without a full dramatic breakup. Um, yeah. It, it's like they're, they're still trying to be supportive of each other, even though they acknowledge that their goals are different. And, like, by the end, Ivy has been invited to take over the local chapter of the Legion of Doom. And, um, and Harley is becoming part of the Bat family, especially now that Batman's in prison. For tax evasion, um, because Nightwing comes yeah. back to Gotham as part of the season, and I guess he's like the new Batman now. As fuck Batman. Guy- <laughs> well, in this one he says, <laughs> "Fuck the macaroni." Yeah, <laughs> which is Alfred's <laughs> secret identity as the macaroni. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, before we move on i like one of my favorite lines is uh when harley is with you know young bruce in his mind Mm. and uh they have the the funeral scene like of uh his parents funeral and alfred alfred does the movie line of why do we fall master bruce yeah yeah and bruce is like so we can get back up and alfred's like Right. <laughs> I I like the idea of everybody in this universe being incompetent. Mm. It 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 never uh, yeah it never fails to make me laugh. I mean, and then also we've got Bane's emotional arc in this season <laughs> is that a bank teller brings up the idea that he seems like he's depressed because he just does and like spends his money on stupid things um and explosions yeah well like he bought a dress from sex in the city too uh (laughs) because he's just like that's how he works through his depression i guess uh, I, and also, I love how they end that scene where, where he's just doing the inner monologue from Sex in the City. 
Okay. Yeah, and like and his <laughs> ongoing like story arc is that he is angry at Harley and Ivy. Well, actually, no, mainly at Ivy because uh, and Harley also for basically during the wedding in last season of Ivy and Kite Man, he gave them a pasta maker. And since the wedding got shut down, he's mad that they didn't return the pasta maker. Uh, and he holds that against them through the whole season until, like, the end, when Harley saves him from getting attacked by a zombie. Um, sort of accidentally. She mainly just wanted to get yeah. hit by the zombies so Ivy would stop. Um, yeah. And Bane she, takes she it as, it oh, you didn't just save me. I forgive you for not yeah. returning my pasta maker. <laughs> I really like Bane at the orgy too, where <laughs> He's like he needs help get getting a suit, a suit off, and nobody wants to help him. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah because the Court of Owls is in this season for one episode, and they're just an eyes wide shut sex club. Yeah. Oh boy, that must have been uh, a weird one to animate. Mm. <clears throat> Yep, and Bruce is in attendance but leaves before the orgy. Yeah. Because he he's a he's a prude. He doesn't fuck people, he fucks bats. We all like it's it's established. Mm. Yeah, no, we know he's not even allowed to eat pussy. He can suck toes, <laughs> but that's all he can do. And he's disappointing when he does. They things Batman is allowed to do in this universe, uh, rather than eat pussy. One uh yeah. Suck toes yep. to uh, you know, bring about a, a zombie apocalypse. Yep. Um, three get arrested for tax fraud. <laughs> <Right. laughs> uh, it, like it. It's so, mm. the, it makes DC you wonder if the sucks. season would have gone differently if he had been allowed to eat pussy. Like, yeah, would it, like, they have stayed together? Yeah, I. I, I feel like if uh, Bruce was a generous lover, maybe Catwoman would not have left him. Mm. Yeah, and then he wouldn't have gotten to the point of depression of bringing his parents and all the dead in Gotham back to life. That that's actually that's actually a funny point where, like, she might just be like, like this guy's really in the feet. That's kind of gross. <laughs> <laughs> I what I, what I find funny too is that in another like another part of the same episode like they they show like there's like a, a porn parody version of Harley and Ivy mm. that they like show on screen on screen of them eating pussy yeah yeah no that's allowed <laughs> because there aren't as many Harley Quinn or Poison Ivy toys being marketed to children I guess yeah that's... because children are watching Harley Quinn. And so they will be dumb. upset if Batman does anything sexual. Yeah, yeah, go ahead, kids. Go go suck on all your friends' toes. Yeah. <laughs> they learned it from watching this show. <clears throat> Harley Quinn good. Mm. Yep, yeah, I think that about covers you know most of the stuff from the season i mean it's it's like all the harley quinn seasons every episode is just loaded with gags and references and stuff yeah yeah it's it's honestly surprising how they uh like they they're really good at keeping um 
like character threads going throughout the seasons, even while uh, you know keeping the like eight jokes a minute uh, type of writing going. It's actually kind of impressive. Mm. I, I feel like a lot of shows don't really pull that off. Mm. Well, well, like probably be just because like half the jokes are usually not good. <laughs> um. Huh. Okay. So, dude, you want to talk about Cyberpunk Edge Runners before I go off on uh, all the other stuff? I I I don't even know how to begin talking about Edge Runners. To be honest, okay. like, I just... I don't even know what it is. I know it's an anime. It, it's but that that's it. Yeah, it's 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 an anime by Studio Trigger. Okay. Who is like probably my favorite anime studio. I, I guess I've never really picked one, but I, I guess they're my favorite. They made like I don't know four or five of my my favorite things ever. Mm. So um, they did two episodes of Visions and or Star Wars Visions. Yeah, and yeah. Uh, they all hailed Funky Boy. <laughs> that that was that wasn't triggered. Oh, but that wasn't. No, no. no, that was that was basically like one guy. <laughs> Oh, that was Madhouse. Oh, yeah. okay. Yeah. Um, Trigger made like Kill La Kill and uh, Little Witch Academia, and did they do Gurren Lagann, or was that a different? It, it's it's the same people. Oh, okay. But that was be- before Trigger was a thing. Like basically, Gynax. Um, Gynax is a studio that made. Uh, Gurn Lagan, like they made Evangelion mm. and a, a bunch and of other Nadia. like right. Yep. Um and Imaishi is uh the main guy who made Trigger. Like he was he was probably the biggest name at Gynex uh okay. in like the the two thousands. Um and yeah, like basic it was basically all the same people who made Garen Lagan, who like formed Studio Trigger after. Mm. Um, so I mean, no Trigger def uh, technically didn't make it, but all the people who made Trigger made uh, Garen Lagan. So okay, I guess in a sense, yeah. So how many edges um, are they running? In the- there's so many edges. Mm. Like like just in the main character's hair, there's like 18 edges. Mm. um yeah so it it's set in the the world of uh cyberpunk 2077 like it's made in conjunction with uh, the video game or the tabletop yeah okay i mean both but the like it the cd project red uh worked with trigger to make the anime Mm. how Um, buggy is it nobody t-poses okay um i mean it it actually does get kind of buggy at points but like it, it's not because they released it early it's uh because it was a narrative choice okay. um so yeah can you guess the, what the genre is <laughs> uh western <laughs> i mean there's one part that kind of is just because they're like outside the city and it's basically a wasteland. Oh. Um, but anyway, mm. <clears throat> it's about a kid named David Martinez. He's 
like like a teenager and like a uh like one of the big important like corporate prep high schools um and like he he really stands out at the school because like everybody else is uh like the the son or daughter of an executive um and his his mom is basically working 24/7 just to send him to the school mm. um and uh you know like that it 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 starts out pretty basic like you know he do, he doesn't belong there uh you know like the the rich kids bully him because he's he you know he doesn't quote unquote belong there because he's too cool um yeah i mean he actually is like his his design is so good it the the character designer is uh yoyo shinari who uh who did all the character designs for little witch academia and i think he did all the robot designs for garen lagan okay it, it it like they they're really like even even all the background characters like you could pick them out of a lineup it it's it's amazing how much effort is put into the smallest details mm. anyway <laughs> um yeah so you know they they set all this up he's like a troubled kid he gets in trouble you know Nobody wants him to be at the school except his mom. <clears throat> um, but then, like after they're after they're driving home, he and his mom are driving home after basically like a, a teachers' meeting. After he like wrecked up the entire class with like a a, a bootleg. Uh, well, you. You know how you have to buy textbooks in college, and mm. it's, it's just like a, a complete racket where they yeah. they up they update the books every year. Yeah, and then they give the they professors actually... the you know preview copies of the new edition. The professors don't look at the prices; they're just like, "Yeah, get this one." I built my whole lesson yeah. plan around this one. Yeah, it it's kind of like that. Like he need he needs to buy an update to like the the VR software that they use in class. Mm. Um, but he knows his mom doesn't have the money, so he buys a bootleg version off of, like, a street dealer, and, uh, it, it corrupts the entire classroom's, uh, headset, so he gets in trouble. Mm. Um, and, yeah, on the, on the way back home from that, his mom is telling him, like, you, you know, like, he, he, she's not... She's she's basically guilt tripping him, but um, like it, it's not like yeah she's basically guilt tripping him, but basically she's saying like I'm not doing all this like so you could you know live on these dirty streets like like we see everybody do every day like you're gonna you're gonna go to school you're gonna you know prove everybody wrong you're gonna be on the top floor at the arasaka tower mm. that's the like the the biggest corporation 
you know, the biggest like evil mega corporation yeah. um, in the city. Um, the top floor and throw the CEO out the window. Uh, <laughs> not exactly, no. but uh, uh-huh. you're, we're gonna bad. we're gonna spoil the whole thing eventually. I'm not I'm not gonna spoil anything yet. This is all like the first episode. I mean, I was just picturing Katarina um, in Dice Funk season four and what she would do if she got to the top <laughs> of the the biggest corporate tower in town. Yeah. Um. And then directly after that conversation, their car gets uh, between a gunfight between uh, like a, a street gang and a like I, I guess like a, a corporate um, VIP. Mm. Um, and their car gets shot up and turns over. So mom dies and, and he's critically injured and gets cyber robot parts. Close. Okay. Um, it's actually worse than his mom just straight up dying. Mm. Um, the car turns take over. Take her brain like out she's... and put it into the psychopaths uh, program for <laughs> determining <laughs> if uh, people are <laughs> criminals or whatever. That would be preferable. <laughs> um, like she, she actually doesn't die right away. Like she, she obviously got ejected from the car, but he's still stuck in it. Mm. Um, and he wakes up long enough to see the trauma team. Um, like come up to them, see that they're they're not insured, and then just leave them there while they they search for survivors from the VIP scar. Mm. Ones who are insured. Yeah. Um, and then like it it cuts to the hospital where like the the doctor is uh going over her results and. Uh, he says, like, yeah, she's stable. She should be fine. Um, and David asks if he can see her, but they don't have visitation permissions on on their um, insurance contract. So mm. she can't. He can't even see her, like, while he's lying in while she's lying in the hospital. And then the doctor and says, then, "Here's the bill," and it's even more money. It's even worse than that. <laughs> um, he comes back the next day. It turns out her vitals dipped, um, and they didn't think she would make it, and they didn't think he could afford it, so they took her off life support. Um, so she just died. Oh, right. Even though, like, like, like we, like it, it's like halfway through the first episode, and we've we've already been shown like how shitty the system is yeah that's where, that's cyberpunk yeah and then yeah the but the things are looking up because even though he can't he can't afford a funeral um he can afford their very convenient um cremation option like it like it's it's fucking dark, yo. <laughs> yeah, no. Uh, cy- cyberpunk is not a happy genre. No. <clears throat> and then that's when um, David finds out, like in that in that day between like the accident and uh, when she dies, um, he's he's looking for money to uh, like pay for the bills, like pay for rent, like try to 
try to keep their heads above water. Um, and he finds an, an illegal uh, spine implant, like military-grade spine implant, um, that he, he's going to try to sell uh, for money. Um, and But then the next, the next day after she dies, he kind of loses it and gets the gets the spine uh implant put on himself Mm. uh and he goes and beats up the piece of shit who was bullying him the day before like in class Mm. Um, well yeah he's got his his spider-man powers now yeah he yeah the the spine implant is basically like a a bullet time thing where like he activates it, it goes all slow-mo. He could basically move at, you know, like 20 times the speed as everybody else. Mm. Um, so kind of like Spider-Sense, um, actually. Not too different. I mean, And he looks at himself in the mirror and he's like, wow, I got ripped all of a sudden. <laughs> I mean, he, he, does, he does at one point say, I'm built different. Mm. <laughs> oh, like Trigger. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Trigger is different. Yeah. I'm I'm so glad you remember all the memes, mm. Jade. <laughs> um. But yeah, so like at at this point, he's basically fucked. But uh, no, he like he he's on his way back from beating up his bully. Um. And he meets this girl on the train who tries to, like, steal his um, digital money out of his USB socket that's in his neck that everybody has. Just like a... a, a, That's how money works. uh, Like a... Yeah, they they just have like a serial port in their neck where they keep important things, I guess. Mm. Um, Perfectly safe. (laughs) I... I have to say though, I like I like the term pick socket <laughs> because that that's what he calls her. Um, but no, like he he stops her like as he as she's stealing from him, and then she like pins him against the wall and says, "What the fuck are you doing?" <laughs> um, and then they have a nice conversation, and uh, then he helps her steal from like. Any of the corporate people that are on the train, um, because he he's still desperately in in need of money. Um, but then he passes out, and then they're riding in an ambulance. Um, and then, did you watch that video I sent you like last week? No, I of, uh, meant to, but I was at work at the time, and then I forgot when I got home. Well, I'm gonna spoil it for you. Right. They're in an ambulance. Um, and like the the paramet the paramedic is basically like look he's got an illegal he's got illegal hardware on him i'm going to sell it to a scavenger don't fucking try to stop me um but then she she lucy um like the the girl he met she kicks the paramedic um kicks the doors of the ambulance open um jumps on top the stretcher he's on uh and then they f- start flying backwards on the highway 
like ass first <laughs> on the stretcher um while awesome music plays by the way the the music and the sound effects in this show are top notch awesome can't cannot recommend it enough um so yeah um then they have a romantic time where um, they go for a date on the moon in VR. Um, and then and then the edge runners show up. It's the group she's a part of. Turns out she was kind of just stalling him because uh, the guy who the guy who was gonna buy like the the spinal implant. Um, he's like a a huge dude built like a grizzly bear, like completely teched out, um, uh, by the name of Maine, like the state, mm. like the state where only nice people are from. Well, I, I wouldn't say that. <laughs> um, yeah, and it, it turns out that, uh, David's mom was actually like stealing tech off of the corpses of uh like criminals who went psycho um and got gunned down um by like the the SWAT team Max Tech um like she would steal she would steal their implants and sell them to uh like edge runners so that they could upgrade themselves um, like edge runners are basically just mer- mercenaries. Um, like they do jobs, uh, you know, help people, kill people, that type of thing. Mm. Um, so David's like, I don't want you to rip this thing out of my spine. Um, I will work for you if you don't kill me. <laughs> um, and then they become a big found family, and I'm not going to spoil any more than that. Um, because I. I think everyone everyone who is not really upset by a lot of um, like hardcore bloody violence and nudity um, should watch Cyberpunk Edge Runners. Mm. Um, it's it's really good. Um, it made me cry like like the first time the first time I watched it um, in the English dub and. It broke me, um, and the second time I watched it in, in Japanese, um, I actually finished it last night, and it broke me even harder. So, <laughs> you know. So it's like a limited series. Uh, it's not like multiple seasons. It's t- ten episodes. Mm-hmm. Um, there's like it. It's only ten episodes, but it doesn't really feel rushed. Like like there's there's no time wasted but every like every every moment feels like it's important um but not like not like there should be you know not it's not like kenobi where um you know like there's two hours of fluff Mm. in in a four-hour show um and it's it's not like it's not like other shows where it's really rushed and it, it like oh it should have had 15 20 episodes mm. 
Like, it, it's just as long as it needs to be. It hits every beat, like, perfectly. Um, episode 6 and the last episode, episode 10, are just, like, the best episodes of anime I've ever seen. Um, like, it, it's... You know, like, there's nudity and violence. It, it's kind of like in, like, like a 80s or early 90s, like, OVA. Mm. You know, where... What was that one that uh, we watched, like, a year or two ago? Uh, the Goku Midnight Eye? I think so. The, the one yeah. with the motorcycle girl? Yeah, where, like, you know, sometimes boobs are just on the screen, and sometimes, like... People just get chopped in half. Uh, like, it happens. Mm. Um, people's heads explode. Um, eyeballs sometimes go flying yeah, yeah, yeah. from impact. I only knew the name it of happens. that one because I can see it on my DVD shelf. <laughs> <laughs> because it was so cheesy and fun that I bought it. Yeah. If it, Ed, Ed Runners needs to hit Blu-ray because I need to own it. Mm. Like I, I don't want to pay Netflix fifteen bucks to watch it every time I want to watch it. Mm. Yeah, I still don't the... have Netflix, but I'm wondering if I should get it for a month when the Knives Out sequel comes out because I want to see it. Oh yeah, and if you if you do watch, if you do get Netflix, watch Arcane too. Like I, mm. I watched I watched that last week too. It's really good. I don't know if I have a lot to say about it just because. I've heard a bunch of reviews like, already of it. it. It's it's really well done. Like it, it's kind of hard to talk about just because there's there's like twenty important characters and like they and all there's like a time jump a couple episodes in or something. Yeah, I think like three three episodes in or something like. Some real shit goes down. There's a time jump. Um, kind of awkward, but it, but whatever. Mm. <laughs> um, yeah, there, there's like twenty characters that all all have their own shit going on. Mm. Um, and I know absolutely nothing about League of Legends, so I have me no neither. context to start with. Yeah, that's fine though. Like they they set up the world good enough. Mm. Um. Cause I mean, it's not really about like the, the, you know, the regions or the lore or anything like that. Like ev everything takes place in this one city. That's split between, you know, like the the big. There, there seems to be a theme in the things I watched, <laughs> uh, um, this past two weeks, because um, the the city is split between, you know, like oh, the, this is like the high rise sector where. You know, it's, it's like the rich area where everyone wears suits mm. and like, like a lead of battle angel like where the, they have uh, the rich city that is literally in the sky above all the poor people. Yeah, I mean that that's that's a thing a, lo a lot of. Yeah, I mean it, it, it's like a, a very blunt way for sci-fi to make a distinction yeah. of rich versus poor. I mean, I guess even, yeah. like, fantasy does it in, like, the rich live in a big castle and the poor live in their little huts outside of the castle. 
and you have that yeah. just visual, you know, uh, symbolism of like this is how you know that there's a class distinction between these groups, and there's you know an exclusionary aspect to it. Yeah, like you, you would, you would think that um, a, a show based on League of Legends might play it safe and like not actually explore those themes too much. Um, mm. But no, they fucking go for it. Yeah, <laughs> um, League of Legends as a game is it's what just like battle arenas. Like you pick your favorite character yeah, I mean, and it, you go on a team and fight another team. Yeah, I mean it, it's it's a MOBA. It's like a a, a strategy action game. Mm. Like it's, it's and it's like team based multiplayer. I think it's not team yeah player. yeah like I think three or three or four players on a team like, and you you have to try to gain ground to eventually you have to like destroy like certain nodes that the enemy holds. Yeah, so it doesn't seem like the and kind to, of game that would have a story or themes to it. No, but what what. What they do is smart. They bank on they bank on the characters, and they build they build a story around the characters. Like, okay, um, Jinx is like a, a rip off Harley Quinn. So how do we how do we make this rip off Harley Quinn work? Well, we show her as a kid, um, and and show her like fucking up really bad, um, where. Uh, like her surrogate dad dies, and um, her sister almost dies, and two of her friends die, uh, <laughs> and like that's the lead up to Jinx becoming Jinx, um, and like the the J- Jinx is basically the main character. Like there, there's not really a main character, but like she she's the centerpiece. Mm of the whole thing um and i guess the other the other two most important characters i guess would be vi who is her sister who is she's like a brawler um like the the fight scenes are really good too um especially the ones with vi because she's a boxer they show like her her fighting style is very like close to how actual boxing is just you know over the top mm. um like mad magic science uh bullshit going on um there's there's a fight with her where she has like these uh m- magic magic uh technology gauntlets and she's fighting a a woman with like a a, a drug fueled robot arm uh, <laughs> it's it's pretty sick um but yeah, like uh, so, she's the other main character. There's drama between, like what what happens before the time skip, um, between her and Jinx. Uh, then the other, like the other most impo- important character would be Jace. Jace Talus, I think his name is. It's kind of awkward to say out loud, to be honest. Mm. Um, he's like from the. He's like from the rich part of town and he's like he breaks all the rules because he wants to um invent magic science. Um 
And then everybody's like, no, that's dangerous. But then he does it, and everybody's like, yo, that's cool. Um, and the the technology of the city jumps forward like centuries and ten years or however long the time skip is supposed to be. Mm. Um, but yeah, there's you know character drama, political drama, um, very cool fight scene. There, there's there's one fight scene um, near the end between a, a character named Echo and Jinx. Um, it's, it's just, yeah, it, it's, it's amazing. I don't want to give too much of it away because you kind of have to see it. Um, let's see if I could find it on YouTube. Like you, you don't have to watch it during like the recording, yeah, it'd be but a little difficult to watch during. Yeah. I, I want you to watch it after though. And I don't want to forget. So I'm just going to find it now. Hmm. Yeah, let's see what things have I watched. Um, all right, here, here you go. You can watch that after. Yeah, yeah I'll watch um, that later. Yeah. Okay. So, just if if you have Netflix, watch Arcane, but watch Cyberpunk Edge Runners twice mm. <laughs> because that's what I did, and it it hit me very hard both times. Um, I never thought that a song called I really want to stay at your house could make me like make the tears start flowing, but apparently it can. Mm. So, um, yeah, watch it if you want to get hurt. <laughs> I kind of don't actually. So. Well, that's fine. I'm not gonna make yeah. you. It's really good though. No, it's today is October first. We're getting into the spoopy month. I've already started. I mean, I watched. I don't. I, I think I forgot to mention it last episode. I watched Event Horizon. Because that was a horror movie I hadn't seen. Oh, um, it was pretty good. I really, I really like Event Horizon, even if um, there's a lot about it that is just kind of off. I mean, and like not not in the way not in the way they want it to be off. Where it's like, oh, what what's actually happening? Just in like, like why does that work the way it does? <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's it's weird and cheesy, and it does that '90s thing where it just kind of abruptly ends. Like, they, they do a little bit of a stinger, like, oh, but maybe they didn't get away from the horror after all, and then it just cuts to credits. Um, yeah. You know, and that's the thing I've noticed with, like, a few, like, 90s-era, like, horror movies where it's, like, they, you know, once the scares are over, they're like, okay, it, it's done. Credits. You know, they're not, there's no kind of, like, epilogue or anything, really, to, you know wind the story down they're just like nah it's over you know go home uh you you got what you came here for um but yeah i mean it was good it was fun i'll probably watch it again um shit i feel oh right the the uh, the other one that i watched that also ended abruptly but was otherwise good uh hellraiser 2 um i saw hellraiser 1 a few years ago because amazon Prime. I don't know if they're always free or if it's just around October, but I watched it on there a few years ago and was talking to someone about it, and he said he liked Hellraiser 2, even though I'd heard that one was worse. So I watched it, and mm. it... The story's not... I mean, the, the story is not strong in, as far as I can tell, any Hellraiser movie. The, you know, the story is just there as an excuse for all the 
crazy torture shit porn. Down. Yeah, I mean, like the first one has kind of a story, like a personal story. It's not great, but you know, this the so the first one I had to read the wiki article to remember what happened. It's like uh, this this guy who opens up the puzzle box and gets pulled into the hell dimension with all the Cenobites and their weird BDSM torture shit. Um, and it... So he... Is, his brother married this woman that he ended up also having a relationship with because he's kind of a scummy guy and she was into it. So, I mean, she she is kind of the one of the villains. She becomes more of a villain in the second one. But, um, but she married that guy's brother and they had a daughter who is like the, you know, final girl main character. Uh, like, she comes to visit and the mother character is like she she gets contacted by the, the dead guy in the hell dimension and finds out like if she feeds bodies to the the puzzle box basically it can uh, you know create like enough blood or something to bring him back from the dead um so he like you know, in all the gross detail of a person's body reassembling, comes back from the dead and um, kills his brother and steals his skin and pretends to be the dad. But then the girl realizes, no, this isn't my dad. And also my mom murdered a bunch of people to bring this asshole back. Uh, and also she ends up, I think she also opens the puzzle box and the Cenobites come for her but then she says hey if you don't take me uh you know there's this guy who escaped from you uh, my uncle i guess um and she helps the centibites to get him back because they're more concerned about getting the guy who escaped than they are about getting the latest person who was dumb enough to open this fucking puzzle box um but the second one is so after all that shit went down the girl is in an insane asylum now, and it's your typical horror movie insane asylum where all the you know, everyone there is being treated really poorly by a you know just awful uh, warden or head doctor or whatever. Um, and the head doctor guy turns out has also learned some stuff about Cenobites and wants to bring the mother back by sacrificing patients to give her the blood and bones and skin and stuff to make a new body um and then you know they end up like going to the hell dimension or something i i don't the, the story is a mess but the atmosphere i think in the second one was you know you get to see more of the weird creepy stuff and that's the whole point of watching these it's just weird, creepy horror designs and things. Yeah, um, I've I've never I've never actually seen one, but like yeah. I, I've I've seen like some of the the monster designs. I guess you could say. Uh, yeah, I mean, like the story has never been strong, but from what I because I read summaries of the other eight movies or what there's like ten movies, yeah. and. So the first two had this through line of a main character and that the Cenobites are like a 
kind of a background detail. I mean, Pinhead, you get a little bit of his backstory in the second one. He was like a World War One soldier who ended up opening up the puzzle box and going to hell and becoming this Pinhead guy. But he's reminded of his humanity in the second one. So in the third one, there's a different main character, but Pinhead has now split into his former human self and the evil demon Pinhead, and there's like a conflict there. And then the fourth one has like a multi-part story thing where there's like flashback to the creation of the puzzle box by some toy maker inventor guy all the way up to in the future humans living in space dealing with the Cenobites and eventually destroy access to hell forever. Um, so it seems like one to four basically tells a complete story. Um, as dumb as the story is. But then, because just the look of Pinhead is so iconic, they kept making more movies, so they would just take scripts to other, like, murder, horror, mystery movies, and say, well, what if Pinhead is the one who did this? And, um, and then now that you have a Hellraiser movie. So, there's a bunch of just garbage, shitty Hellraiser movies. Um... (laughs) that they made up until the early 2010s, I think, before it just ran out of steam. I didn't even think it was that recent. And now there is a new, I think, Hulu? It's either Hulu or HBO Max. Uh, Put out a trailer for a new one they're doing, and the early reviews sound positive. Like, it's a reimagining going back to, like, the core idea and the original story and stuff and so i assume there's probably like an like actual characters who get involved with all this hell dimension shit um to give you something to you know follow in the story and it's not just oh a bunch of random idiots get murdered um by a guy with pins in his head yeah i mean there's a thousand movies about just uh, a monster killing people. Mm. Um. Oh uh, yeah, but let's see. Okay, yeah, that wasn't even movies I had intended to talk about. It's just because Halloween <laughs> and October came up. Um, I need to watch Event Horizon again. Mm. No, the main things that I watched this week. Uh, so I discovered a show called Bat Wheels, which is a cartoon for little kids. Where the Batmobile can talk, um, it's like. Did it lose a wheel? No, not yet. Not I. I only watched basically the pilot episode. Uh, it was like a long episode, you know, mini movie, like TV movie, I guess, um, about the secret origin of the Batmobile. Uh, or actually, I think it might have just been the secret origin of the Batwheels because the team is called the Batwheels. Uh, so it's it is a cartoon that starts off with Batman and Robin uh, and Batgirl Um, Batman is driving the Batmobile Uh, Robin has like this SUV dune buggy kind of car and uh, Batgirl has the Bat cycle and they're chasing the bad guys who've got their own you know unique vehicles Joker's got a Joker truck and Penguin's got a you know big rubber ducky car thing and Harley Quinn's got a little buggy with a big hammer attached to it and stuff. Um, 
and like Mr. Freeze has like an ice cream truck with a freeze ray. Um, <laughs> so they're having you know, your standard Batman car chase scene, and uh, they catch the bad guys and send them all off to Arkham or something. And, so the Joker uh, didn't get away. No, not no. <laughs> Joker didn't get away, but um, Batman and Robin and Batgirl then get an invitation to some kind of big like you save the city uh, gala event thing that requires them to get in a limousine. So Batman, you know, calls up the Bat computer and has it uh, send all the cars back to the Batcave. Well, they get in this limousine, and it turns out, oh, the limousine's a trap, and they're locked inside, and it's driving off to who knows where. And um, there's an intruder breaking into the Batcave. So the Batcomputer and Mo, I don't remember what it is. Mo is a robot who is just there to be your frantic C-3PO robot companion guy who's freaking out because there's this intruder breaking in. And everybody's favorite <laughs> yeah but but the back computer gives him these chips that you can plug into vehicles to bring them to life which is based on the ai that brought the because the back computer is sentient in this show so they plug a chip into the batmobile mm-hmm. and it becomes a cars style talking car um you know, like the windshield, I guess, has a big LED screen built into it because it's got his eyes there. And the front bumper also has some kind of LED screen because his mouth is there. And, um, and yeah, so the intruder is this, like, crash dummy robot, uh, who was sent there by an evil AI to steal stuff. Um, he ends up stealing some of the microchip things because he's gonna you know bring the villain vehicles to life later but um yeah but batmobile who decides he's gonna call himself bam is short for batmobile uh bam uh tries to chase the guy uh, tries tries to capture the guy but he or the the crash dummy but he he gets away with the stolen chips so they, they had more chips and they use them to bring uh robin's vehicle to life and they call it let's see i wrote all these names down redbird and bb the bat cycle and wing the bat wing and buffs <laughs> the bat truck and they are the uh the bat wheels they're they're the you know team of batman vehicles with different personalities and genders uh for kids to uh watch go on adventures and stuff um such and, a weird premise and, <laughs> and the um crash dummy guy goes back to parkham scrapyard where all the villain vehicles were towed to you gotta uh, be fucking kidding me <laughs> no it, it is called parkham <laughs> they, they go to parkham and the ai uh the evil ai is there and it is it's kind of Lex Luthor-like, but I, I don't remember really having a one-to-one analog with another character. But it, I guess, has, for some reason, had to stick itself in, like, a sports stadium scoreboard. So it just randomly makes, like, sports st- stadium noises and then gets annoyed that its programming is acting up. But it has the Crash Dummy guy put 
the chips into the villain vehicles and bring them all to life and they all get personalities and stuff and they become the legion of zoom um so yeah i hate you <laughs> yeah it, the, the puns are strong with this one yeah um and it's a weird i, I actually love it <laughs> yeah i mean like as a show for kids it's fine um it's weird and dumb it mostly amuses me because and i rewatched this yesterday in the teen titans go movie there is a joke where robin goes to see the movie batman again and they're watching the trailers before it and robin is expecting that any minute now you know the trailer for the robin movie is going to come up and so the, there's like a trailer before the movie and like, it's batman's best friend his most trusted ally alfred the movie <laughs> and that has <laughs> happened now because we have a pennyworth show um and then so robin's like okay uh sure uh yeah alfred movie okay what's the next one and then uh, you know we Batman can't go anywhere without this trusted ally, Batmobile, the movie. <laughs> so, <laughs> so, and now that is a show. Batwheels is a show. There, there is a Batmobile show. Um, and then the third trailer, which I'm now waiting for to see how they're going to make this one happen, is uh, it's like it's Batman's most trusted friend. You, you know, always there for him. Always, and it, it's Utility Belt, the movie. Um, <laughs> It's the third trailer. So, we'll see how they adapt Utility Belt into a uh, some kind of show or something. Um, they're, they're two for three on this joke of, you know, movie Batman tie-in movies that they would make before making a Robin movie. Yeah, that, that's funny because, like, Titans exist, but it's still not a Robin show. Yeah. And the Teen Titans Go movie it was a theatrical movie that's starring Robin and mainly about Robin. Like, the other characters are there, but the whole plot of the movie is that Robin is upset that they're not making a movie about him, and Slade... Does he say fuck Batman? Hmm? Does he say fuck Batman? No. No, I think this was oh. before that uh, trailer had even happened. Because that would be great if they just said "fuck Batman" in the Teen Titans Go movie, and they just made it a PG thirteen. Yeah, I think this movie was from like twenty nineteen. It was one that I saw before the pandemic happened. Yeah, before the bad times. Yeah, it was like summer twenty nineteen. Um, but yeah, because the the plot of the movie, Robin is upset that they're not making a movie about him, and Slade wants to get access to the titan tower so in the guise of jade wilson the movie director convinces robin that uh, no relation going to make a movie about robin and um and basically gets him to turn on all his friends and then you know thinking he's on a movie set input the security codes to the tower um so the, the movie is mainly about robin and his insecurities so it is kind of a theatrical robin movie but but yeah there hasn't yeah. been like a show that's just called robin like where robin is the title character yeah the closest thing would be batman and robin yeah <laughs> yeah you can get second billing occasionally yeah. but even that like you know 
can't really count the guy in Dark Knight Rises as Robin. Like, that was no. just a throwaway line. He's not really Robin. Um, and, you know, the, uh, what, the Snyderverse, Robin was dead. And in Good. the Pattinson one, there's, it's, you know, early Batman, so there's no sign of Robin again. So. Kind of feel like Robin's just a bad idea. <laughs> yeah, it, it's hard to do because you know child endangerment. If you go with yeah. like kid Robin and Robin as an adult sidekick is you know kind of cheesy. Like, why would an adult superhero who teams up with the guy who dresses all in black and acts grim all the time? Why would he you know wear a bright red? outfit to draw fire mm. yeah like that <laughs> tiny tunes version where it's the pig who just has a big bullseye on his chest yeah i mean <laughs> i mean that what 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 else is the in-universe reason for that because like it mm. has to be to draw fire like there's no good reason yeah, I mean, I think the in-universe reason is usually that it's like some variant of the outfit he wore at the circus, but why Batman would let him continue to wear that while they're fighting crime, I, yeah. I don't know. Because out of the two of them, Batman's more of a dick. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he can always get a new Robin. Yeah. He's gone through so many of them. There's, what, like five or six of them? Uh, four main ones. And then there was Carrie Kelly in the Rise or the, in the Returns stuff, yeah. and then I, there's been other ones too. But as far as I know, Damian Wayne is still the main Robin in the comics. Kind of weird that they just actually gave him a son and made him Robin. Mm. Yeah, I mean, like, him having like a son, assassin. like that, it was a comic from the '70s that set up the idea of Batman having a son, but. Um, turning his son into a Robin was a more recent idea. Yeah, it, it's <laughs> it's got even more funny in Harley Quinn now. Bruce is so lonely when he has a son. Mm. <laughs> like, cause, cause, like he. He wants Selena, but then when he loses Selena, like he looks to his parents. Mm. But like, yeah, never he's got his Alfred and his son. Yeah, they're living in his house. Alfred, who he constantly blows off to, yeah. to do rich people things. Yeah. Uh. Oh, by the way, Jade, you reminded me of something earlier. Mm. Um. There's a Slade Wilson and a Jade Wilson. They should make a parody character called Wade Wilson. Hmm. Yeah. Well, I mean, I feel like someone of them like that would have to have uh, another secret identity name. Yeah. Like, like Death. Um. No, maybe like Darth, like Dark Pill. You know, like Red Pill, except dark. Hmm. Should we talk about the Deadpool three teasers? Uh, I, I don't know I how don't much know if you've seen those. Yeah, I have. I don't. I mean, I get all, all it is is that you know, Deadpool three is confirmed for twenty twenty 
four. Yeah, two two whole years, or and, at least a year and a half. And they convinced Hugh Jackman to get back on his exercise routine so he can be Wolverine again, presumably because he's finally going to get the costume this time. Yeah. Which would be cool. I mean, I don't know, I'd, I'd still like to see Deadpool play off of some of the MCU characters if he's going to be MCU instead of just dragging Hugh Jackman back again. But... They'll get, like, Ant-Man in there. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, maybe they can get someone from one of the Disney Plus shows. <laughs> They'll get someone from Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. <laughs> <laughs> they bring Phil Coulson back in Deadpool <laughs> Or in Deadpool 3. There's, like, four of end. them and they're all clones. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, they, they bring Phil Coulson back and then they kill him again in Deadpool 3. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> Phil Coulson is the villain mm. Um. Okay uh, let's see what yeah, a, yeah, I don't I don't really care much about Hugh Jackman being Wolverine To be honest Yeah he, he's like, done I, it For like, over 20 years already They already brought Patrick Stewart As Professor X And it was kind of lame so. Yeah they snapped his neck yeah. Brought him back, snapped his neck. So, yeah, I'm sure Wolverine will get to die again. Um, let's see. Okay, so I watched uh, DC's League of Super Pets. Um, hey, hey, Jade. Huh? DC, DC, DC's nuts. <laughs> mm. Well, I mean, there is a squirrel in the movie, so... <laughs> yeah, I'm sorry, it's... please continue. It's a cute movie. I don't know how much there really is to say about it. Um, it's mainly starring Crypto, the super dog. Um, see him as a puppy jumping into the baby capsule uh, to go to Earth with Superman. And his main arc is that Superman is uh, wants to marry Lois. And Crypto is jealous and worried that he's go not going to get as much attention from Clark if uh, he's got Lois instead. Um, because he's just that kind of a jealous bitch. Um, and meanwhile, there's uh, all the other... Like, by the end of the movie, they all get adopted by their respective superheroes. But the all the other... Um, Pets like Ace the Bat Hound, they're all in um, like a pet shop or kennel or something. Uh, like they, they are all, you know, the, there's Ace the Bat Hound, there's, let's see, and I wrote these ones down because I knew I'd forget. Um, there's, uh, I don't remember what her name is. She ends up becoming Wonder Pig. For, for some reason, Wonder Woman's pet is a pig. I, I don't know if that's a thing about that, like Cersei from Greek myth or what. Is that a reference to that one episode of Justice League? Maybe. I mean, I feel like it would probably connect back to like Cersei turning people into pigs in Greek mythology. Yeah, I mean, um, I mean, yeah, but mm. I, I, I it, which the Justice it, League episode was probably also. Well, yeah, yeah it was uh, from. Yeah. I think um, that's that's the episode where Batman saying yeah uh, let's see this Merton the turtle 
uh, Chip the Squirrel, and uh, Lulu the Guinea Pig, who was formerly a Guinea Pig, um, who Lex Luthor... Lex Luthor had like a bunch of Guinea Pigs, and he was testing various like kryptonite formula things on them to see what would happen. Um, and Lulu ends up developing... Uh, superpowers from exposure to orange kryptonite, so she's like a psychic guinea pig. Um, and I can't remember, some celebrity actor did her voice, um, and it's pretty fun. Um, but she, she's the villain, because, you know, she, it's Lex Luthor's guinea pig, who all of her hair fell out, so she's a hairless guinea pig, and, um, she's got, like, psychic powers and, and stuff. Um, but using the orange kryptonite, she ends up giving all of them superpowers. Uh, so, you know, even though Batman doesn't have superpowers, Ace is, like, super strong slash resilient. So, you know, he gets, like, wreckage dropped on him, but he can survive. Um, and, like, Merton, the turtle, is, like, super fast. Um. Wonder Pig can change sizes. Uh, Chip. I don't remember. I mean, he ends up becoming a Green Lantern. Because he's, he's the squirrel Green Lantern. Wait, um, Keanu Reeves was Batman in that movie? Yep. <laughs> yep. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah, and that, I remembered it partway through the movie after he'd already had lines. Because, you know, he really leans into the part. It doesn't sound like a Keanu voice. It just sounds like a Batman voice. I, I see a credit for Kevin Conroy, but they don't give a character. He was he like an extra or something? Did you ever notice? He probably was because I don't remember it standing out. Like he's he's not Batman and he's not Ace. Yeah, Ace was apparently Kevin Hart. Which yeah, yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> he's more street than I would have expected from Ace the Bat Hound, but whatever. It's a animated comedy. Yeah, it's a it's a dog movie. It's fine. Yeah, no, it's a cartoon animals movie about cartoon animals with superpowers and crypto having to get over his jealousy, uh, and um, yeah, I don't know. There's some fun, cute things. You know, like uh, crypto has a Batman chew toy that he calls Squeezy Bruce. Um, <laughs> Why that's so funny. Mm. <laughs> yeah, the movie is free on HBO Max, so sure. Um, I don't know that I yeah. would sign up just to watch it, but if you have it, then go ahead and. Watch well, I've, it, I've I still guess. got it for another three weeks. So might as well. Yeah, it's not the worst thing. I mean, as far as movies you should watch, and I was thinking of bringing this up as a topic for this episode. Um, so it's October, and as far as movies for the rest of the year go, we've got Black Adam, which I will watch at some point. I'm not, I don't care enough to go see it in theaters, but if somebody invites me to go see it, I might, because I also don't, you know, I, I think I would enjoy watching it. I just, I don't care enough to go on my own. Um, and then Black Panther 
coming in November. I'll definitely see that. I'm a little apprehensive about it because, you know, them having to redo the whole script because yeah. Chad Boseman died. Uh, it just seems like that could go It's got to be a mess, right? Yeah. I, <laughs> like, there's no way it's not some kind of mess. Yeah, and they're saying it's, like, the second longest MCU movie. Uh, it's not as long as Endgame, really? but it's longer than Infinity War somehow no <laughs> um, that's not a good thing yeah and and it's just because you know it's you know it's not an ensemble movie as far as i know i don't know how it can carry that kind of a runtime um but yeah so we got black adam in october we've got black panther in november and we've got avatar 2 coming in december i do not give a shit about that at all um oh boy so. they're, they're finally doing uh they're finally doing the earth book mm. in movie form <laughs> mm. yeah last airbender <laughs> 2 the last airbender um i can't wait for the last airbender mm. yeah that's the one with the fire book yeah um uh, but but so because of that i think we can start talking about favorite movies of the year at this point because there's not a lot of stuff left and also while watching the latest episodes of she hulk and Andor, which i don't really have much to say about it's it's fine i guess um it sounds like more rogue one yeah it's the show has really good characters and atmosphere but if you're watching episode to episode a lot of the episodes just end and it's like feels uh, like so a, it it should be a movie yeah well like the first if you watch because they dropped the first three episodes all together at once and that's because you have to get to the end of episode three before it feels like something has concluded because uh, episodes one and two just kind of end uh so and i guess I've, I've heard that might just be the way the show is structured is every three episodes is like a movie so i wonder why that might be it's just yeah it's like a messy structure but otherwise this show is good uh, you know it's kind of you know lower scope than star wars stuff usually feels you know good. a lot more localized which you know leans into just being like a character piece about a guy trying to deal with the at first it's like the local security system like, really it starts off he's looking for his sister who you know we see like some flashbacks we still haven't gotten the full story there and he ends up running afoul of some like local security guys and that leads to a bad bust where they try to arrest him and a bunch of people die and he ends up joining the rebellion and now the Empire's moving in as of episode 4 to take over. Um, but, yeah. So while, while I was watching those, I decided, you know, just looking at my recommendations, like, oh, Chippendale, I like that movie. I'm going to watch it again for, like, the sixth time this year. And <laughs> it made me realize, like, I think as movies go this year, and I haven't looked up a list, so there's probably some I'm forgetting. I think... Everything Everywhere All at Once might be the best movie I've seen, but yeah. Chippendale Rescue Rangers and Thor Love and Thunder might be my favorite movies so far this year, because they're the kind of I movies that I can just watch over and over again. 
I still haven't seen those. Mm. No, they're they're both I fun. Probably should. Yeah, a lot of people don't like Thor, <clears throat> and I don't get why. Like I thought it was fun, but I mean, I can understand complaints that there's some tonal whiplash in part because it's like they got the whole uh, Jane Foster has cancer and becomes a new Thor and so there's like some kind of rough cancer scenes that happen immediately after comedy scenes and so there's a little bit of tonal whiplash but but otherwise I mean I, I like the villain a lot I like a lot of the gags and stuff um, so. yeah I wanted I actually wanted to watch it before we recorded but I never really got the chance mm. I had to watch Ed Runners again <laughs> Mm. Because I, I I need to get hurt. <laughs> yeah, you gotta work through all those feelings. Yeah. Uh, I need a I need to cry every once in a while. <laughs> mm. Or else I won't know I won't remember that I'm human. Mm. Apparently, the only thing that can do that is uh, real people dying or fictional people dying. <laughs> mm. <laughs> so yeah. Spoilers. Yeah. <laughs> Speaking of real people dying, uh, when I rewatched Harley Quinn, the the whole season, um, it was like right after Queen Elizabeth died, and I remembered, oh yeah, the first episode of this, <laughs> they push her out of a plane. Oh yeah. So that was fun coincidence. I mean, it was bound to happen eventually. Mm. Supposedly, they gave her an invisible parachute, but we never know for sure. Because they don't follow up on that. Yep. Um, <laughs> I think that there's there's probably so much like media of the queen like dying or like getting punched in the face that it was bound to happen eventually. Where um, like stuff happens where like oh they they showed the queen dying this like the same week that the the same week that the queen died. Mm. I mean, it feels really weird, like, like, James Bond has been on Her Majesty's Secret Service since the yeah. inception of the character, and it's gonna be really weird when they make a James Bond that's His Majesty's Secret Service. It's so fucking weird that the UK is still so bonded with the monarchy. Mm. Yeah, <laughs> they still have a king, and for some reason it's on Canada's money. Like, Canada, why do you care? And hope to have Queen Elizabeth on your money. Like, you're not part of the Commonwealth anymore. Get over it. Yeah. Yeah, I guess Australia has the same issue where it's like they got the Queen on some yeah. of their bills and now people are asking, like, wait, is, is, they, does our money have to change now? I don't know. They want have the Union Jack on their flag. Like, Australia and New Zealand haven't even <clears throat> taken the fucking logo off their flag after like 40 years. Yeah. Well, you know, SEO and branding and all that. <laughs> Just put a fucking Kiwi on there. Mm. Yeah, I guess Canada did move on. You know, they got the white and the red yeah. and the maple leaf. It's yeah, they they got their the, own identity. But the, they're good at hockey. Mm. <laughs> they have their own identity. Yeah, I mean, yeah, there's there's no mistaking the Canadian flag for anybody else's flag. No, no, who who the fuck else has a, a maple leaf on their flag? I mean, come on, yeah, like it, it's it it's it's so iconic, but in like a like a very neighborly way. Mm. 
you know, like, like, oh, we, we don't have, you know, a fist holding a hammer on our flag or anything. No, it's, it's, it's just a leaf. Yeah. <laughs> yeah we make syrup. A local leaf <laughs> from our local trees. Your friendly neighborhood Canada. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay, so Canada is Spider-Man. Yeah. Um... Yeah, I and I, I I guess the U.S. would be like, I don't know, Doc Ock. <laughs> mm. Yeah, or maybe maybe Green Goblin. Like we're either um, or Venom. Like, <laughs> yeah, you know, Ven- Venom Venom feels right. You know, sometimes we're the villain, sometimes we're the hero. And usually, <laughs> we're chaotic and a little torn yeah. up and. You know, split identity. We have, yeah, we have two very distinct voices that somehow form together, mm. even and, though they yell at each other a lot. Yeah, and sometimes throw our own TV out the window, and um, we're very obsessed with Spider-Man. <laughs> go to raves and get a bunch of glowing lights and stuff. All the other stuff we that have, Venom did in the movies. We have Topher Grace inside of us. <laughs> Why does that? You can't be. Um... Ah, shit, I'm forgetting his name now. Tom Hardy. Yeah. I prefer Topher Grace. Mm. I mean, Tom Hardy is better in Venom than Topher Grace was in Spider-Man Three. Mm. But Topher Grace is funnier. Mm. So, well, actually, maybe not. Uh, he's funnier. He's campier. How about that? Mm. Well, you know what? Maybe not. <laughs> he, he was there. I. Yeah, he made a dick joke. Mm. <laughs> Why do I remember every every frame of Spider Man Three? I shouldn't. It's not a good. It's not a good movie. No, well, it's a meme. It's like the Star Wars prequels. Yeah, it's like you can mine every piece of it for content. Yeah, it's like. One minute you're talking about the fall of democracy, and then the next minute it's like this is where the fun begins. Mm. Yep. And then, and then it's all then, just hello, General Kenobi. Yeah. It's hello there, Jade. God, get your memes right. Mm. No, fake fan. <laughs> Imagine being a fake Star Wars fan. Mm. Like, how do you survive on the internet? Like, do do you know what planet Jawas are from? I don't. Uh, I mean, I actually, I I know they show up on Tatooine and that one planet in that episode of Mandalorian, but I don't know if that's actually where they're from. It's a good question. They're from the planet Awash. It sounds right. Yeah. Could be true. It's Jawa spelled backwards, yeah. in case you didn't get it. Yeah, I'm, well, I mean, knowing how Star Wars canon and, you know, yeah. I mean, Jizz. everything, yeah. <laughs> it could be true. Do you think Jawas play Jizz on the regular? Um, maybe? I mean, I... I'm not sure what their mouths look like if they have the orifice to play that sweet jizz or not. Do you you think they have the orifice needed to handle jizz? I I think most uh, 
Some creatures do, yeah. Well, alright. Alright, here, here's the most important question. Mm. Butthole or cloaca? <laughs> um... Hmm. I mean, yeah, that's also a good question. I don't know if Jawas have genders or not. Yeah, I don't even know if they have faces. I know they said they're furry, because that's the thing that Peli in Mandalorian brought up, that she dated a Jawa, and it was furry. How do they keep their robes clean in the desert? Uh, They probably don't. It's probably like most you know, fantasy and or sci-fi things where everything actually smells really bad, but you don't have to smell it because it's just a picture. <laughs> you get used to it. Yeah. <clears throat> what were we talking about? <laughs> uh, let's see. I was talking about how much I liked Thor, Love and Thunder, and Chippendale Rescue Rangers. Oh, yeah. Um, otherwise, my other topic... Let's see, I've played a lot of Picross... Which is a puzzle video game. I don't know that there's really anything to say about it, except that it's addictive. I like Picross. Mm. Like, I I have like four different apps on my phone. <laughs> That's just different variations of that game. Yeah, like I started playing you know, on Switch on Super Nintendo app. They have Mario Picross, which is only in Japanese. So I had to figure out how it works without being able to read any of the language, but... It you know once I figured out what all the numbers meant it was straightforward, um, and then I bought like an actual app for it and have just been blowing through all the puzzles on that. Like I'm I'm probably gonna have to buy another one because I'm almost through everything on it. Uh, yeah, it. I I have Puzzle Brain where like I I can't have two minutes of free time with a. <laughs> Like picking up my phone and playing a puzzle. Mm. Mm. Like I, 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 I can't, I can't let the demons in my head win. So I, I fill my brain up with puzzles. Yeah, I'm usually doing something or like I'll, you know, if it's on phone, it's not exactly doom scrolling because I've told Google to not show me most of the doom stuff. So it's mostly just endless scrolling through things articles either about video games or magic the gathering or something like that nerd shit just looking to see if anything new has been announced actually i'm after this call i'm gonna have to check because uh hascon is going on and um so hasbro is showing off a lot of stuff and there's i guess gonna be a new magic secret lair which is when they do like limited time special art cards that you can order and it's chibi planeswalkers so I mean, they've done one of these the before that was you know i didn't bother because i didn't care about the ones they picked but um they're doing another one so i'm interested to see if any of the planeswalkers I actually care about are uh getting chibi versions the only one I've seen so far is Elspeth, and I don't care. I know she was like, important in the early 2010s, and I just finished reading a novel she was in, and she was not interesting in it. I don't, I don't know what any of the characters are, spo- are supposed to look like, so... 
Now, Elspeth is like a she's a knight who has like a white, I guess, kind of an Assassin's Creed look almost, because she's got like a white hood and cape, and you know, like in in the book, I I just finished reading this book. It's called Scars of Mirrodin: The Quest for Karn. It's bad. Um, she, she's <laughs> described as the white warrior and her whole deal in that book is that she had a terrible childhood and by terrible childhood I mean she grew up in a Phyrexian prison which is the Phyrexians are like is she Bane? no no not really no, she, like, oh, she, well. she, she's not as ambitious as Bane. She's just like, I mean, so th- this book has three characters, and they all feel like the grim, serious one with the tragic backstory. Her tragic backstory nice. is that she grew up in a Phyrexian prison. With, the Phyrexians are like techno-zombies, basically. It's like if you took Hellraiser and H.R. Geiger and the Borg from Star Trek and slammed them all together, and this is what you get out of it. You know, it's like the Borg, except they're like these creepy horror monsters, and we, in, especially in this prison, the ones she grew up around were just these deranged things that like to rip skin off because they don't understand how flesh works, and they think it's neat and interesting, and also they like being gross and making people upset. Um, so she's got a grim, dark backstory. And so she wants to kill all the Phyrexians, because the, the Phyrexians have been taking over Mirrodin. And th- this book was from, like, 12 years ago, so this happened a while ago. They're finally following up on the whole Phyrexia thing in, you know, the the next couple sets coming out. Um, they just kind of dropped it for a while and moved on to other plot lines but they're you know finally going to go back and tie that up but um yeah hmm. i guess i guess i can is it even interesting to go over the plot of the book i don't know i kind of uh, want to talk about the brothers war book that one was better i go go ahead we have 15 minutes yeah no, okay, so the Brothers War, is, and it is relevant and timely because the next <clears throat> standard set coming in November is the Brothers War. Um, the Brothers War was, and it, it's basically the story of the first magic set that ever had a story, which was Antiquities back in 1994-ish. Um, they did a novelization of the Brothers War in 1997. I think so. It was a couple of years later. It was part of you know a series of novels charting Urza's story because Urza was a major character who was re-entering the story at that point and was going to play a major part in the Weatherlight Saga and the you know, invasion block at the you know big Frexian invasion. So and now they're making a new set, uh, Brothers War, partly because it's Magic's thirtieth anniversary coming up. And, um, partly because since the Frexian, the threat of the Frexian, you know, they've invaded Dominaria again. They're trying to invade the entire multiverse. 
and in order to stop them, Teferi has decided to travel back in time to the Brothers' War and see how they defeated the Frexians that first time um, with the Golgothian Silex, which is like a magic cup that you can make big nuclear explosions out of. Um, it, when they did it the first time at the end of the Brothers' War, it set off a nuclear winter, which led to the Ice Age uh, of you know, the, the plain Dominaria. Um, huh. but anyway, so that, that's, that's why this set is happening now, it, but, uh, I had the book and I was interested in seeing how the story went and having read it, I'm much more excited for the card set now because it's like I'm seeing the artwork and saying, oh, I know that person because I read about them. Um, and even like a lot of the cards, because, you know, these like characters and names have existed, it's just cool seeing like oh Hercules recall i know who Hercule is now it's not just <laughs> a name and like felden of the third path oh i didn't realize he was a guy from this this early in the story uh it's like i just it's like oh he's some guy but no he's actually he's a guy from way back in this um yeah that that's that's like when i when i played hearthstone and uh somebody would talk about world of warcraft <laughs> mm. be like and I really like Jaina, and it's like, oh yeah, she's a character in another thing. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so the Brothers' War uh, starts... Let's see. So there's these two brothers, Urza and Mishra. They don't get along. Um, Urza is... I mean, they, they are about one year apart in age. Um, Urza is, you know, the older by a year brother who has he's like he's more studious I guess. like he is interested in studying <clears throat> things and figuring out how they work and um he doesn't trust anyone especially his idiot brother to do anything without fucking it up or breaking it um and mishra is the younger brother who is annoyed that his older brother doesn't trust him or let him do things. You know, he's got that younger brother syndrome of wanting to be involved and wanting to do things. And, um, so they fight a lot. Um, they are sent off to basically archaeology summer camp because, um, their mother is dead and their father has remarried to a woman who I guess is like an evil stepmother. She barely factors into the story, but it's part of the backstory that she, in an effort to disown the two of them, uh, gets them sent off to this camp, and then their father ends up dying, and they get nothing from the inheritance. So they're basically orphans. Um, so it's Cinderella. Yeah. yeah. Th I, as I was going through the story in my head, there's a lot of elements of this that feel like fairy tales, even though the story doesn't read like a fairy tale. It just hits those same beats. Um, but they're they're basically orphans, so their surrogate mother, basically, I mean, she uh, there's this woman Takazia, who runs this archaeology camp. They are you know off in the desert, digging up like artifacts and relics of the ancient Thran Empire, which had a lot of like advanced yeah you know, they're kind of like Atlantis. You know, they had, like, advanced technology, but their civilization died out for unknown reasons. And there's just relics left behind of their empire, which involves a lot of these 
like little energy crystals called power stones. Um, and so I'm gonna take a drink for a second. Lubricate the cords. Yep, all this talking. Um, so uh, let's see. So uh, they end up discovering this like flying device called an ornithopter. It you know it's like a uh, kind of like a car with wings, I guess. Um, they, they find it like a broken one, and Urza figures out how to put it back together, um, and worries that Mishra's gonna break it when Mishra wants to take it out for a test drive. Um, but you know, they end up flying around in it and discovering this um, ancient cave called the Caves of Coilos, and then they get attacked by a big like bird monster or something. And um, they have to set down and hide out in the caves. And while they're in there, they discover this um, power stone that seems, you know, more powerful and important than any of the ones they've found before. And end up accidentally breaking it in, like, fighting over it. You know, the, I think it was like Mishra wanted to touch it and Ursa didn't want him to touch it. And it's not clear who touched it, but it broke and when they woke up after the explosion that happened, um, they were each holding half of it. Um, and Urza found that the half that he had could make things stronger, and Mishra's half could make things weaker. So Urza, being a dick, decided to call his stone the Might Stone and call Mishra's stone the Weak Stone. Um, so... Yeah. Very petty. Yeah, no, they. He's kind. Of, I mean, at this point, he's a shitty teenager. But it, you know, this brothers' war happened because they both just suck. Uh, like Urza is a complicated <laughs> character. Um, but uh, anyway, so they managed to defeat the bird thing and you know, get back to their camp and do some more research and discover more stuff. Um, Urza is more interested in like studying technology and he, you know isn't really doesn't really talk to anyone he, he just wants to learn you know study things and be by himself Mishra meanwhile you know endears himself more to the diggers who they have working at the camp who are from this desert tribe called the Falaji um, and so then Mishra one night decides he wants to steal Urza's half of the stone and Urza wakes up and they fight and Takazia tries to split them up but ends up dying from them shooting energy beams at each other. Um, and Mishra runs off in shame into the desert and is presumed dead uh, by his brother who takes over can't but can't really keep it running all that well so he ends up quitting too and going off to uh, the city of Krug where he apprentices himself to a clockmaker and he's you know just working on devices and stuff um, until the king of Krug decides that he wants to find a suitable strong tough macho man to marry his daughter princess Kayla um, and so he proposes a contest where whoever can lift a giant rock and carry it across the courtyard will get to marry the princess. Um, 
Urza is not interested in marriage, but he is interested in the dowry because it includes uh, an ancient Thran tome, which he thinks will have some cool secrets and stuff. So he convinces the king, he tells him, like, I can lift this stone with my mind. And the king's like, okay, yeah, go ahead, do it. Um, and he used his mind to build a robot that could pick up the stone and carry it. And it, it's not quite following the rules, but, you know, everybody likes him enough. That they're like, yeah, sure, we'll let you marry the princess. And, uh, you know, and then he, he gets his book and he gets to read his book and stuff. Um, meanwhile, Mishra uh ended up getting enslaved by another one of the Falaji tribes you know the, the, there's like multiple factions it's I, I don't know if it's kind of a middle eastern stereotype thing i you know it'll be interesting to see what they do in the card set that's coming out to make it seem less you know like terrible desert tribes stereotypes but um <laughs> basically gets enslaved by this terrible desert tribe and the warlord in charge um decides like mishra like you seem like you're more educated than most of the other slaves we have i want you to raise or i want you to become a tutor to my idiot son because he's going to become a warlord like me someday and he needs to know shit so and if you don't uh if you can't you know get him to learn then I'm going to kill you. So, Mishra, you know, has to, like, tutor this this stupid kid. He finds, like, he's more receptive to hearing, like, interesting war stories than he is about just learning basic math. He's got to, like, teach him math through being interesting. Like, like of the two... Math, brothers, math is dumb. It, it can't even pick up a rock. Mm, yeah, so Mishra, like, of the two brothers, is more sociable, you know, he, he's better at talking to people and, you know, being persuasive, where Ursa's more, like, nerdy, I guess. Um, so, then the, uh, the warlord guy decides that his son is now becoming too dependent on Mishra, and so he needs to have him just quietly killed. Um, but after he's made that decision, Mishra has a dream that uh, there, there's this like robot dragon thing, which you know you he doesn't realize it, but you find out eventually. It's like a Phyrexian dragon from the plane of Phyrexia, um, the original plane of Phyrexia. Um, he, he somehow dreams it into coming to Dominaria. And it, uh, like, bursts up out of the ground and attacks the camp and ends up killing the warlord. But, um, Mishra finds he can use his weak stone to control it. And, um, and now the son has become the new warlord since his father died. So he, you know, likes that Mishra can control this dragon thing and wants to use it as, like, a show of force and go and gain more power and prestige and territory and all that. Um, which eventually leads them to the city of Krug, where the king sets out to make a peace treaty with them, but also is kind of a macho 
dick and decides to use all of Urza's ornithopters as, uh, like, a show of force. So a fight ends up breaking out, and the king gets killed by the Falaji warlord guy. And, um, so Kayla, Princess Kayla, ends up becoming the queen. And some time passes, I think. And, um, like, Urza feels bad that, you know, the king died basically on his watch. Um, but then Mishra comes to town. And, you know, because he, Mishra has been, like, gaining, like, prestige and respect among the Falaji to the point that people trust him more than they trust the warlord, um, even though he's an outsider. So he comes to the city. Uh, also, I forgot the a couple other major characters. Uh, Urza takes on an apprentice, this guy Thanos, who is a toy maker, and he's the most wholesome guy in this whole story. Um, he's pretty great. He also is a card from the first Commander deck I ever bought, so that was cool. Uh, I had to nice. dig that deck out. Like, oh, I know who Thanos is now. This is nice. Um, and see the first toy maker to the king. I guess, yeah. Um, <laughs> Merry Christmas, Jay. <laughs> yeah, it's a little early for that. We still have to do Halloween first. Um, but no, the 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 Christmas army is approaching. Mm, yeah, I mean they're they're selling that stuff too. But, um, but yes, yeah, so, uh, Ursa takes on Thanos as his apprentice. Mishra meets this woman, Ashnod, who comes to him um, because I, she got kicked out of wherever she came from before. She likes, she's also kind of a, I mean, they're all, all these characters are like inventors or like techie kind of people. Her thing is uh, studying like, bioelectricity and uh the nervous system and um giving people heart attacks and stuff um she miles morales well if miles morales was also a person who wanted to experiment on people and make zombie soldiers by breaking their wills and reducing them to like living zombies um could be yeah i mean there's probably a timeline where miles got really dark uh, <laughs> where's that what if um spider verse 3 probably maybe yeah we'll see if they're, they're willing to cross that bridge his biggest villain is himself mm. um but yeah so ashnod becomes like mishra's top lieutenant so mishra and ashnod come to the city of krug and mishra's like i have been given full authority to have a peace treaty between our peoples and i will even give you control of all the lands that are in dispute um so long as one my people are treated well and two i want urza's half of the stone and urza hears that and he's like fuck no no you can't have my stone fuck off little brother um so kayla uh gets urza drunk and they have sex and then she steals his stone and runs off to Mishra and gives him the stone, and then they all have sex. Um, this is an important plot point because she ends up getting pregnant, and it's not clear who the father is, and it's, 
kind of a i mean it even has like implications with some current characters because there's like a descendant of probably urza but who knows um you know what? weird family <laughs> drama shit um, what a fucking mess yeah yeah but um so Ur- Thanos wakes up urza and is like hey your your stone's missing and urza storms off and finds mishra and takes his stone back and they fight and um uh mishra ends up getting away astronaut gets captured and well under interrogation ends up kind of developing like a friendship with Thanos. you know they've got like a weird relationship there like she's you know pretty evil and he's pretty wholesome but they're still they can have a communication um and let's see and then mishra uh, ends up basically taking charge of all the armies of the Falaji and leads. He's he's gotten multiple of those. We call them dragon engines. The ro- oh, I forgot. Actually, I forgot. Before the whole Krug thing happened, Mishra and Ashnod went back to the caves and found that the stone that got split was basically holding. It was the seal on a portal to um, Phyrexia. They don't know it's Phyrexia. They just know it's like this weird, like, techno jungle where everything is humid and gross and, um, and so Louisiana. Yeah, Louisiana <laughs> was like all oil and wires. Um, I mean, <laughs> vines are like plant wires. Uh, like you know, um, technology wires. I guess. I mean, it might be Te- plant like technology, but. It- I thought you said technology, and now I'm just thinking of like a, like in an alternate universe, like Jewish cyberpunk. Mm, like Dan Avidan's <laughs> secret hero, superhero, alter yeah. identity. Yeah, like that Danny, Danny sex bang with like a cyborg guy. Yeah. Um, he, he's a leader of the technologues. But yeah, so the, they go to Phyrexia and they find more dragon engines and Mishra uses his stone to take control of them, but then they get chased off by a giant techno-demon um, who is Gix, who ends up becoming like one of the major antagonists in the story. Like, background antagonists, because, you know, the main conflict is Urza and Mishra. Um, but they, they get away and close the portal before Gix can get through, but Gix has already gotten a bunch of disciples on Dam- Dominaria who end up coming to the caves and reopening the portal so he can get back through and and then he sends his disciples out to infiltrate both Urza and Mishra's uh, groups and start influencing them to, you know, destroy each other, pretty much. Um, and, let's see, okay, yeah, so Mishra brings his dragon engines and his army to Krug and destroys the city. Um, Kayla and Thanos and uh, the let's see what's his name Harbin I think the son of indeterminate parentage they all escape um, Thanos lets Ashnod free because they're friends I guess um, Urza was off investigating basically Mishra had you know set up making made urza think that he had to go investigate something happening in in like the north but it wasn't 
actually the main attack. The main attack was on the city. So Urza, again, feels bad that he got outsmarted by his brother and a uh, bunch of people died. Um, the it warlord guy ends up getting killed during that fight. So Mishra officially becomes the new warlord. Because um, the, the old... The other warlord guy. There's a whole thing with the phalagi where they they like constantly accuse people of depending too much on someone else. Like it happened with Mishra being the tutor to the son, and this son, as the warlord now, thinks that Mishra is depending too much on Ashnod and tries to kill her, but she kills him instead. Um, and that later becomes a plot point where. Mish- like Mishra seems like he's like less of a misogynist shithead than most of the Falaji, but they end up convincing him that he's depending too much on Ashnod and he needs to send her away. And that's like part of his decline as he just, you know, becomes, well, more evil. I don't know. Um,. My he just says women and rolls his eyes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, he respects her like skill and knowledge and stuff, but doesn't like that she... She can tell that he's being like influenced, especially by like, the huh. disciples of Gix. Um, but, uh, oh, so he's a m'lady type. Mm, yeah, I guess. Um, <laughs> but, so... So Urza starts like setting up all these defense towers that he eventually reunites with Kayla and Thanos, and they set up all these defense towers in the kingdom where they are now. Um, and Mishra's armies and land is expanding, and there's just this big, you know, war shaping up between the two of them. Um, meanwhile, there's another city where they think, you know, that they can get by being neutral on the whole thing, and that's where. Herkel and Felden and the characters of the third. So there's this card called Felden of the Third Path, and it shows this like old guy holding a robot head. And I didn't know what that was about. But it turns out the Third Path is a group that forms to try to find a third alternative to Urza and Mishra. Um, and one of you know the people there is this woman, Herkel, who, there's this card called Hercules Recall that, um, I think returns all artifacts to their owner's hands. And that's actually a reference to a thing in this story where she, um, you, you know, when Mishra and his dragon engines come to destroy, uh, whichever city that was, she taps into, because at this point in the lore of magic, I guess, people hadn't figured out the connection between, like, the land and mana, uh, which is, like, a core con... You know, lands are, like, energy and magic. You tap them and you get mana. Um, The mountains let you summon goblins. Yeah, like, people hadn't figured out, like, the connection, but, like, she was, like, one of the forerunners of figuring out the, you know, that you, like, meditate on the places that you've been and the memories of that create magical power that you can draw on and she uses that to unsummon all the dragon engines and they just vanish um i mean mishra ends up building new ones but he finds he can't build them as good as the ones that he stole from phyrexia but 
But yeah, uh, so that technique, I think it was like written down or something. One of the scholars from that group run, you know, manages to escape, but is intercepted by Ashnod, who is on the outs with Mishra at that point. So she just takes the information for herself. Um, Harbin, so like years pass, and Harbin, the son, uh, ends up, he's like on patrol in an ornithopter and discovers this island where there's a bunch of natural resources that haven't been completely ruined because, you know, they're just going full uh, the Lorax on the continent of Terracere. They're cutting down every tree and digging up every rock to build more war machines. And they find this untouched island and uh, he goes home to Urza and he's like, hey, I found this island. It's got all these resources. Let's go exploit them. Um, and they go there and find that it's this Titania, the uh, it's kind of a nature goddess figure and her armies of elves you know, don't want them ripping up the land. Uh, so war ends up starting between Titania's elves and Urza's forces, and then Mishra finds out about it from the Gixians. Uh, the Gixians also, because Mishra is, you know, as his decline is progressing, he's just getting, like, more out of shape, more like, physically unfit and unwell, and the Gixians are like, hey, we can improve you by replacing your body parts with machine parts, and so... When he shows up to this island, Argoth, to uh, have his final showdown with Urza, he's gotten, like, super ripped and muscular because, actually, he's just a robot body now. He's basically a head stuck to a robot body. He's uh, more machine now than man. So, uh, yeah, so Urza and Mishra end up having a big final fight. Mishra uses his new robot body that he got from... Gix to attach himself to a dragon engine and just be like a guy riding on top of a dragon. Um, and Mishra, or Urza, finds so Ashnod shows up to deliver the, the Silex, which is the thing that the third path had found. It's this, it's that magic cup that can cause nuclear explosions. Um, that, uh, she, she, that's a pretty nice cup. Yeah, she delivers that and the knowledge of how to use it to Thanos to bring to Urza. Um, and then she ends up fighting Gix and presumably getting killed. I, I don't know if it happened on screen. I assume she died because she never came back after that. Um, but, um, yeah, so Ur uh, Thanos brings the, the Silex to Urza. The... Uh, Technique for filling is it's similar to drawing um, mana from the land. It's like you just draw on your like meditate on your memories and use them to fill up the silex to activate it, and it um, yeah just makes a big. I mean, there's a card called Urza's Ruinous Blast, which depicts it, and it's it's just a big explosion that exile wipes everything. Um, but. Uh, yeah, so um, Urza uses that and it you know kills Mishra, destroys the whole island, sets off a nuclear winter that leads into the Ice Age eventually. Um, 
Urza survives because his planeswalker spark ignites at that moment, and he ascends to a planeswalker, which at that point they were basically like gods. They Their powers get significantly reduced later because they just weren't interesting or relatable as characters. Um, but So he survives, and Thanos survives because he had built... You know, knowing that Urza would probably not have it in him to kill Mishra, and that they would need to capture him alive somehow, uh, Thanos had built this coffin thing that uh, could like seal a person inside, and they'd be like preserved and protected and unconscious. Um, so, like Indiana Jones in the refrigerator, Thanos climbed into this coffin thing when the nuclear explosion went off. And was flung into the sea and eventually washes up on shore. And Ursa shows up and opens it up and lets him out. And um, tells Thanos to... I think I think that might have been the start of the Talarian Academy. Where he had Thanos go build it. While Ursa you know, decides he needs to go travel the multiverse and learn more about Phyrexia. And find how to stop it. Because he saw what it did to Mishra. Um, so, yeah, well, it, was, it was cool. Um, they're making cards based on it now, and I'm excited, because I want to see these characters. I want to see the human head on a robot body. Mm. Yeah, I mean, because we've gotten, from the cards they've revealed, there is, uh... So that there's a card for Urza. Well, I mean, there's multiple cards. There's like the two precon decks are an Urza deck and a Mishra deck, um, and then in the set there's another Urza card depicting him in the final battle, and there's another card of the Might Stone and the Weak Stone, and it's got both of them on it. And if you get both of those cards, you can meld them, which is a mechanic they've only done once in another set, where you flip them both over. And they're both half of a giant card. And the giant card is Planeswalker Urza. Because um, when he becomes a Planeswalker, he ends up getting both of those halves of the Power Stone embedded in his eyes. So he's got, like, gemstone eyes. Um, so you can fuse the two cards together and make Planeswalker Urza. And he's got all these crazy abilities. And I think they've said that Mishra's going to have the same thing. So like they, there's a they've shown art of what's going to be the card uh, Mishra taken by Gix or something it's you know his like final robot form um, and presumably probably the dragon engine card will have that meld thing so you can meld them together and have the time when his uh, body is fused to the dragon and he's just being like a big robot centaur dragon that sounds cool. Mm. So, yeah. But before, it's kind of weird that they're announcing all. Oh, and also, um, collector and set boosters for Brothers War are going to have Transformers cards because Magic is doing crossovers now, and um, they they made uh, Optimus Prime flip card and a bunch of others and you can get them in those packs 
Is there a Megatron card? Not yet. Uh, it seems like there should be. There, there's, I want to say like six or eight different ones. I know this like Starscream, and there's one that looks like Bumblebee, but it it's not named Bumblebee. It's named like Goldbug or something. Uh, I don't know. Uh, huh. I've never heard of that one. But there, yeah, there's there's a few of them. I've heard even from people who know Transformers, some of them, they're like, why did you pick that one? <laughs> um, but there's regular art for them, which is done in the style of the 80s cartoon. And then there's a purple and green art for some of them. And I don't know enough about Transformers to know why they did that. But there, there's alternate arts to hmm. them. Um, they, should, they should make it... Um... They should make the art with the the Transformers Armada um, show where there's a game for the PS2 where Megatron jumps up uh, like 200 feet in the air with Optimus Prime and pile drives him into the stage. Mm. Yeah. I mean, that, that might be hard to do on a card, but I think they can pull it off. <laughs> mm. Yeah, but yeah, cause that that said, it's coming in November, and in a, about a week. Um, yeah, it's October seventh, so a little less than a week, one day less than a week. Um, Unfinity is coming out, which is uh, a set I'm very excited for because it's the new joke set. It's um, like a space carnival um, with stickers. Like there are sticker cards that you can like peel the stickers off and stick them onto other cards and it's a game mechanic and a lot of people are mad about it but um (laughs) you know people mad about a joke set wow Mm. yeah i mean this one like it it, it's a joke set but because they want people to actually buy it and play it they have evaluated which cards they think and some of them i don't understand how they came to these conclusions but so the, a lot of them are regular black border, so they can be played in um, legacy formats. Um, the ones that can't, they don't do silver border anymore like they used to. Instead, the security stamp is an acorn symbol to tell you that it's card not allowed in tournament play. Um, which, theoretically, I mean, I'm going to play them in Commander because fuck it. It's a casual format. You should be able to play it in Commander. But technically, they're not allowed in Commander because certain members of the Rules Committee on Commander don't have enough of a sense of humor to allow them, (laughs) I guess. Um, But it's the kind of thing you can play if everyone says, yeah, sure. Um, So, I'm excited. Yeah, just don't bring it to a fucking tournament, huh? Yeah, you don't... I mean, Commander doesn't have tournaments because it's a casual format okay Um, i see yeah no it's a casual format there's no entry fees there's no prizes most people are okay with you using proxies because cards are expensive and so you know if you just print your own cards off that's fine just don't go too crazy with it and you know anybody i've played against it's the same deal with the uncards it's like don't play the ones that make the games suck but any of the ones that's like, yeah, that's kind of funny, and not, you know, doing anything too annoying, then, uh, yeah, you can play them. 
So, you know, I've already got plans for a couple of the commanders in the deck to, or in, in the set, to build decks out of. And then there's a bunch of new dice rolling cards that can go in my dice rolling decks. You have a gambling deck? Uh, I have two. Oh, wow. Yeah. Now, there, there's a guy from the last D&D set who gets a plus... He starts as a 1-1, one, one, but he gets a plus one, plus one counter whenever you roll a dice. And also gives you advantage on your dice rolls. So... And he has... Choose a background, which means I get to choose a background enchantment to be my second commander. And that makes it so my deck can be two colors. So I have one that's red and blue, and I've got one that's red and green. Because blue and green both have a lot of good dice stuff to do. Um, so, with this new onset, there's these things called attractions, which it's like carnival attractions. Um, and you'll have cards that say open an attraction, which means you have a separate deck for attractions. You draw the first one and you play it. And then, on each upkeep, the... Um, you roll a dice, and the attraction will have numbers on the side, and if you hit that number, then uh, you get to visit it. And that will trigger whatever effect it has. Uh, this is one that's like a foam weapons booth, and if you go there, then you get to give a creature a 1-1 counter, and I think vigilance until end of turn. Um, the really nice thing about those is that they make me roll a dice every turn, and my commander gets a 1-1 counter every time I roll a dice, and my commander also gives me advantage on dice rolls, so I'm more likely to hit the number I want by just, you know, picking the attractions that all have the high roll numbers. So is it really a gambling deck if you, the dice are loaded? <laughs> mm. Well, I mean, that, that's the point when you build a deck. You reduce the variance as much as you can uh, in your favor. I want to. I want to. I want a card where it's just a, a one in six chance that you win the game, mm. and a five and six chance that you lose it. Mm. Yeah. But that's just that's just Russian roulette. <laughs> yeah, I mean, there was a funny card that I made up that I kind of want to run it in something. I I don't think I'd be able to. Nobody would let me run it in anything. So the, there's a cycle of cards called the sword. I guess they're just called swords. It's like sword of body and mind, sword of feast and famine, sword of truth and justice. And the gimmick with all of them is you get plus two, plus two, protection from two colors, and you get two abilities that trigger when you deal damage. So I came up with one called uh, uh, the sword of failure and success. And it gives you protection from colorless and multicolor. And it says, um, when you deal damage, you lose the game. If you don't, you win the game. So, the the way to make the card work is you would have to combine it with another effect that says you can't lose the game. Because there's a few cards that say that. But otherwise, if you use it and you deal damage, then you lose the game. But if you find a way to override by playing an effect that says you can't lose the game, then you win the game. <laughs> That's so bizarre. Yeah. It's, it's actually... It would be funny, and that, I have a deck that, that actually it could actually work in. Because I've got a deck that has a creature that says, 
you can't win the game and your opponents can't lose the game and then the deck is able to give that creature away to someone else. So that would make it so I can't lose the game. Which with the sword would then mean I win the game. Um, but yeah, no, I'm excited for Infinity. I'm going to build an Ambassador Blorpity Blorp Bloop? Blorpity Blorp Boop, I think is his name. He's this little green alien guy who likes stickers. So I'm going to build a sticker deck. Nice. And he also gets you tickets when... You get tickets to pay for stickers, and you get tickets when he enters the battlefield. So in order to exploit that, I'm going to flicker him and make a flicker sticker ticket deck. <laughs> Say that again. Uh, flickered sticker ticket deck. All right, now say it five times fast. Uh, flicker sticker ticket, flicker sticker ticket, flicker sticker ticket, flicker sticker ticket, flicker sticker ticket. Okay. Oh, yeah. yeah. Well, that that was good. Mm. That was five. Yeah. It, I mean, I guess it's it's the kind of words that you can say rapidly without slurring them together. It's not like toy boat. <laughs> <laughs> Did you watch the Game Grumps Sucker for Love uh, episode? Probably. I don't remember. Uh, I played that game. Mm. It's the the um, the Cthulhu dating sim. Oh yeah, yeah. I saw all the episodes of that. They didn't. They didn't actually get to the second part though. Hmm. Well, I, I think, because I remember they, like, did something that let them just look up all the endings. Or a bunch of the endings. I don't know if they were just going back in the story and trying to figure out the other paths. Yeah, the, there's, uh, yeah, there, there's like a, there, yeah, there, there's a, like a, a part where you can go back to certain decisions and so you can branch them off. So you don't have to play through the whole thing to mm. get different endings. Okay. There's like two two whole parts of the game that they never got to yet though. Mm. They didn't get to Auntie Nyan Nyan. Okay. Yeah, I mean I've only seen their playthroughs, so I don't know what anything else is. They didn't get to uh Nyan Lethotep. Hmm. <laughs> it was like a like a twelve foot tall Egyptian cat lady. Mm. I'm googling it. <laughs> mm. Yeah, because we're almost up to two and a half hours. Yeah, so, another long episode. Here you go. Yep, another thing to watch after. That's it's anti Yan Yan. Mm. Oh, it's just a picture. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Would have to be a black cat because it's H.P. Uh, Lovecraft. Well, it obviously wouldn't be a dog. Mm. Yeah. Well, I mean, because you know, it's a fusion of Nyarlathotep and. Um, yeah. Probably. I mean, I I would guess <laughs> it would also be a reference to that story he did about the um, like a guy who the, killed a cat. The black and so cat then with the traveling that night his house was surrounded by cats, and they. Like that. Oh, I think it's you're not... cutting out. We're finally at that point. <laughs> yeah. 
I don't know, it was like a guy killed a cat and a bunch of cats surrounded his house and carried him off to the moon. Yeah. He has several things about cats. He he was he was a very reclusive, terrible man. <laughs> yeah, I mean there was also, you know, the So he liked cats. Um uh, the reanimator story where the guy has a pet cat with a bad name. Oh yeah. The infamous HP oh. Lovecraft cat. Yep. I'm I'm Somebody must have made a I, HP Love Cats thing right now. I mean, I'm I'm sure, like, you, you know, like he he wrote a whole like manifesto on why cats are better than dogs. Uh, so, I haven't read that I mean, one, but, uh, but you, you don't have to. It's all bullshit. Mm. Uh, <laughs> it's like not even a story. Like I I called it a manifesto because it is like it's, it's just a crazy rant. Mm. But how one of his cats have like a quiet. Dignity or some shit like that. Mm. Yeah, one of his many letters to fans. I assume. I I don't know the exact con context. It might have just been like a journal entry. I don't know. Hmm. Yeah. I sh I should not have Google imaged um, Nyan Lethotep. No, he's gonna be getting <laughs> porn for days. Uh. In, like not even porn, just porn adjacent. <laughs> Kink for days. Oh, oh yeah. By the way, um, she her 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 title is the Clawing Chaos. Mm. <laughs> Sucker for Love is a very funny game. It's got a lot of puns. Mm. Uh, the Game Grumps didn't even get to the best ending with um. Esther, I'll need to show that to you too. <laughs> mm. All right. No. Anyway, yeah, we should probably. I think the episode's over. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, my um, voice is giving out. Yeah, I I stopped talking for a while while you were um, talking about the book, and mm. my voice kind of imploded. <laughs> so. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, hi Eugene, hi Scarlets. Um, I don't, I don't know who else listens, but hello. Mm. Well, <laughs> Goodbye. Yeah, I mean, there used to be Toshiro and um, John Paul and um, Sarah, but I don't know how many of them listen. But yeah, uh, see you next time. Probably more Halloweeny stuff. I don't know. It's still October. Yeah. Hey Jade, <laughs> suck my Halloweeny. <laughs> okay, we'll, we'll end on that. Uh, I'm sorry. That's the worst way to end a podcast. <laughs>